Hey there, it's Madison, your host for Swept Under the Rug. I started this podcast as my creative outlet for diving deep into the tough stuff with the people who matter most to me and whose stories inspire me. We're talking about the things usually swept under the rug, the real, raw stories and expert insights that don't get voiced enough. I hope to broaden awareness by exploring the inside and out of topics that you rarely hear about. In each episode, we're not only digging into research, we're getting personal. You can expect honest conversations, deep emotions, and unfiltered vulnerability from our guests, whether they're close to me or experts in the field. If you know me, I'm all about connection and breaking down isolation and sparking conversations that matter. I hope you'll join me and my guests as we lift the rug to uncover the stories and build awareness through conversation. This is Swept Under the Rug, where we talk about the things that really matter. Hi, welcome to another episode of Swept Under the Rug. This is Maddie, and on today's episode, we have an amazing guest with us. Um, we are going to be talking about addiction and recovery, and Jordan is with us here today, and she is personally very qualified in addressing this topic um, because she has experienced addiction and recovery firsthand. She is a recovering alcoholic and is soon to be three years sober. Woo. Yes! <laughs> go Jordan! Um, so we're just going to go ahead and jump into it and introduce Jordan. So Jordan, introduce yourself. Hobbies, loves, passion. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Jordan. Um, hobbies. That's weird. <laughs> I'm a parent. One of those that don't exist. You're a parent and a student. I'm a, yeah, yeah, those don't exist. No. And I work. And yes, <laughs> and you work. Yeah, no. Um, I guess if you know, you go with that CrossFit hobby. That's true. Um, been doing that for a long time. Um, but yeah, parent to a toddler. They're toxic. They are toxic. <laughs> they are toxic. <laughs> Hashtag toxic toddlers. Love it. Um, you know, been. Married for six years, been with the love of my life for almost nine. That's so awesome. yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. And how old is your son? Almost three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's a cute baby. He's not mess. He's so we cute. Like we like him. We'll keep him. Yeah. Put a lot of money into that. So yeah. Yeah. He has to stay. Yeah. So Jordan and I met um, in our marriage family therapy program. Back in our marriage. In our well, marriage. I've been married a couple of times. <laughs> They haven't gone well either time. We might need to explain that to people. Well, we'll let them wonder. <laughs> yes, so we met at Marriage Family Therapy Program at Texas Women's University, and um, we're both studying to become therapists. Woo-hoo! So one day we'll be graduated, and you'll all be sitting on our couch, hopefully, Everyone. if you're lucky. At the same time. At the same time. But, um, yes, in our classes, we are asked to do make-believe situations and role-play them. And often, Jordan and I are husband and wife in those role-plays, so... Maddie's a terrible husband. <laughs> I, I have, like... Forgotten our children. Forgotten how old they are. How long we've had them. How long we've been married. What yeah. diagnoses we have. Yeah, like, just... Trash. I literally don't even remember your name usually in the, when we're doing the vignettes. <laughs> Terrible. It's so bad. <laughs> but 
Here it's we are. good because it's brought us together as yes, friends yes, instead. <laughs> it's fine. I think Tyler would rather me be married to him and you can be married to your husband. I guess. It all works out. <laughs> but um, so Jordan is really awesome and I'm just really grateful that you're here to talk I'm to excited. us. Today. That's I'm excited. That's going to Yeah. So um, you know how we roll here. We're just keeping it. Honest and vulnerable. Ooh, so, let's get it. So we're going to get real deep. As we sit close. Oh, I love it. We are actually, this setup is kind of hilarious. So I've never had an in-person guest before on the podcast. Jordan is my first one. and so somebody's first time. It's, yeah, it's really great. We're like <laughs> sitting very close on my little tiny desk. Intimate. And we have one microphone mm. holding us together. So... Mm. The sound on this one and just everything about it. It's just going to be so special. It will be because <laughs> we're doing it. And unique. Yes. It's going to be wonderful. Yes. So, and Jordan and I tend to get a little unhinged when we're around each other. So this is going to be a really fun conversation. <laughs> so Jordan, tell me a little bit about yourself and your story. Um. So, I, I think... It, like if we're just talking, if we're going from like a you know attic story, I feel like I go into the typical um, you know attic. I started drinking really early, and I guess later than some. You know, I probably had my first drink at like thirteen. Um, you beat me. <laughs> I had a Smirnoff Ice for the first time. I thought I was such a badass. Oh my gosh. And then, you know, like six months later in high school, was given a shot of Smirnoff raspberry vodka and was like, I've already had like a whole bottle of this. (laughs) Come on. What's so different? Yeah, Yeah, I found out vodka and and, um, wine coolers. Very different. (laughs) Very different. Um, But yeah, I didn't realize that, you know, a bunch of people didn't drink all the time in high school and go to parties and... Got a little Catholic school. And like, <laughs> That's another episode. An episode four. Religious <laughs> trauma. Um, but yeah, like I didn't realize that other people didn't like go out on the weekends and like, um, you know, like oh, I went to like my best friend's basketball games like yeah. everywhere that his were, and like people didn't like do that. Yeah. And just like go out on the weekend, like yeah. weekdays apparently. Yeah. But I didn't have weekends. I was playing softball, so like I didn't okay. have weekends, and so I okay. those were rare. So your weekends were taken up by softball, mm-hmm. and then your weekdays. Yeah, if I wasn't practicing. I was out and about. Like drinking, or just out and about, hanging out with friends and stuff. Um, d- d- both. Yeah. Yeah, not always, but yeah. like yeah. some, you know. Yeah. Now, like I think when I was I was pregnant with my son, it was probably the longest time I've been sober. Yeah since I started drinking. Um, I know for some people it really is, or yeah. some people like that sobriety during pregnancy like isn't yeah. a thing. Yeah. Um, but no, it wasn't That's it wasn't amazing. a challenge for me. I, it was an end goal. Like all of pregnancy for me was like an end goal. Yeah. Episode five. <laughs> Jordan's gonna be here all week. All week, every all day. Week, every day. Um but yeah, I you know, I think when we moved we I was um in college when I think I like started to realize that that 
Oh, you drink all the time and like you probably don't go many days without drinking mm-hmm. other than like when you're like on away trips for softball because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you can yeah but you know the oh you need wine to write this paper you're like that's maybe not good you know let's buy this. and this was in high school no this is in college this is in college, in college. okay um that you know apparently you know yeah. not everyone drank wine to write papers all the time yeah but, you know, you're like wow this is mind-blowing weird no. weird wow that do you this is like such an interesting conversation already because we have such an interesting dynamic of the girl that's mormon and has never touched a drink in her entire life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like you're a recovering alcoholic like, <laughs> like it's so i don't like it's just such a different world yeah so, like, you're just, I don't know, it's very educational for me. Yeah. I, you know, I think in any kind of addiction, you surround yourself with people that make... Make it your it, norm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, in my opinion, a lot of collegiate athletes are functioning alcoholics. Yes. Because you can be. Right. Um, and so, it, that's yeah. just, that was just the, and you been, you've been yes. sure, I mean, the, most college, yeah. you know. Uh, I think that's a very common theme in yeah, college. So how do you drink. like how do you separate? Oh, I'm just in college having yeah. a good time versus yeah. this is a problem. But like I know, like the first time in in like um, I think it was after my junior year, and like it was summer, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I'd rather not eat. Oh wow! Than not drink. Wow! And it's like, oh shit. <laughs> I don't think that everyone has that thought. It's a whole priority shift. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, I think that's where I began to lose control. I don't yeah. think it was fully gone. I probably could have reined it back in because I still yeah. had... I still had shit to do. I still had college. I still was a, a collegiate athlete. So I yeah. still had stuff that, like, um, you know... Kept made, you responsible. Yeah. You know, I was probably would have gone downhill a lot faster if yeah. it wasn't for softball for yeah. me. Um, but luckily, yeah, <laughs> it delayed the inevitable for a while. Yeah. So you were, you learned how to function mm-hmm. just as much as you could mm-hmm. while like, like how often were you drinking in college? During undergrad, probably most days of the week. Okay. Except when you had games and, mm-hmm. and practice, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Practice. No. Don't practice. Um, Yeah, you get done with practice, then you go out. What are you doing? You're like, what do you mean? Yeah, no. Drink after. Yeah. Yeah. Silly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Ridiculous. (laughs) No, we, um, yeah, like, it would be like the day before games. And like, Friday, Saturday, and then you're done on Sunday, so let's party on Sunday night. Wow. Sunday, Mondays. My gosh. Yeah. And so, like, at what point... Did you did you notice that your priorities had shifted? Where you like you said that you would rather it wasn't until like like being alone that summer was the only time I paid attention to it because yeah. I wasn't around other people to yeah. like corroborate my yes. behavior. Yes. But when you're with everyone else who's doing the same thing, yeah, majority of the same thing, yeah, didn't look any different. Right. So that yeah. didn't matter because when you surround yourself by people that encourage it or mm-hmm. living the same life and there's nothing wrong with it. Because yeah. we're all functioning the same and we're all yeah. doing fine. Yeah. So it's all fine. Yeah. Because we're fine. It's fine. It's fine. Totally fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then like my first uh, graduate program, like I, that's when like every day became wow. a thing. Yeah. Wow. It, it was, yeah. Because I was done playing softball. So it's like, I don't have weekends or whatever. Yeah. And then let's go party because why not? Yeah. 
Okay, so at what point did you meet your husband? I met him my I met him my first year in my graduate okay. program. Okay. We started dating that summer after my first year. Okay. Um, and then he moved in and we've been together ever since. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. And did he notice your drinking? Um, yes, because okay. he is a product of an alcoholic. Okay. And so I which we can get into our later conversations, I reminded him a lot of his mother, oh, yeah. my later on drinking. Generally, I was not a, I wasn't an asshole. Yeah. Like, you know, he probably saw the worst of it because he saw the end of the night. Right. But generally, like, it's only a problem if you're right. causing problems. You're like, but I wasn't, so it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because you learned how to function on it. So. Yeah, I had like two jobs. I would, you know, coach and I would work in a bar and handle well, so really Jordan. She's able to do it all. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I have friends that when I told them I was in recovery, they didn't know the extent of my drinking. Oh, God. So I, I, apparently I hit it well. Yeah. You know, yeah. If you, and if you mix up the people that you're drinking heavily around, not everyone knows that that's your right. every day. Right, yeah. You know, I've had to tell, like, my mom, who still, who didn't know, like, yeah. if it was after noon, yeah. I'm drunk. Yeah. And she'd be like, she played this game for, like, the first year of sobriety. Wow. I'm like, well, this time, were you drunk? And this, and finally I had to wow. be like, mom, if it was after 12 p.m. I was drunk. Yes. Wow. Damn. I was drinking. Wow. I went through probably a handle of whiskey. A day. That's a, okay. I don't know my alcohol story. The big bottle. <laughs> that's a hard alcohol, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> wow. Yes. If it has a handle on it, so that's called a yeah. handle. Yeah. The larger bottles. Yeah. Yeah. Like wow. towards the very end of it, yeah, I probably drink like a handle of alcohol a day. Jordan, that's intense. Because I worked at a bar, so it yeah. didn't really matter. And I, okay. and I worked at a bar that I was a four-minute walk from my house. Oh my gosh. So I set up my life that I didn't leave the street right. I lived on. And you didn't have to drive, so yep. that wasn't an issue. Nope. So you were completely functional. Mm-hmm. Did you, okay, so maybe we're maybe we're jumping to a different like place, I don't know, but so at what point, like, well I guess what else in this story is like important to know about with your background? Um, I think what's what really got to me like when I started recovery is because like I don't have the story of I got arrested, mm-hmm. got DUIs, I got like what some person's bottom yeah wasn't yours. It wasn't mine. What was your rock bottom? Um, I went. It was after like I went through you know my whole pregnancy. I was I didn't drink, and then like basically two weeks after my son was born, it was off to the races for yeah. me. Um, and you know, anytime in recovery that they talk about like periods of sobriety, yeah, our recovery, um, and you know, you're basically met with a harder, faster relapse. And without realizing that, like, my pregnancy was my period of sobriety, yeah, that going back to it was that relapse without yes. it being intentional because it mentally, right. I wasn't sober mentally. Like I knew I couldn't drink because, like, I didn't want a mimosa. I wanted twelve. Right. Ah, right. Can't do that. So right. what's the point? Right. So it was. It was just easy to be like, man, whatever. So I really think that what you're talking about is important because it comes down to 
sobriety is not just the abstinence yeah. of the product yeah. that you are addicted to. Very sobriety much so. is a like complete lifestyle yeah. change and mental yeah. flip. Yeah, and yeah. it, but it, 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 what it wasn't. It, like, it just didn't have to get that right. bad for me. Thank God. Yeah. You know, I I decided to go on a mommy's day out. Yeah. <laughs> and I went to like Uptown, which is where I like to brunch. And I stayed at a bar for yeah. four hours, and by the end of it, they were giving me pint glasses of mimosas. Wow. And that wasn't enough, and so I found a reason to like stay out yeah. and go to another bar in Addison. Wow. And you know, told my husband that I was gonna go, and he was like, "Yeah, you're missing bedtime, like mm. putting our son to bed, mm. which is something I truly enjoy." Yeah. And um, and I don't, and we've re- he's told me a lot of this conversation that I don't remember. Yeah. Um, and I stayed in that bar for like a drink, and then I came home. And I don't really have any memory coming home. And I woke up at 3 a.m. in my bed with my breast pump on my nightstand yeah. and a and water. Mm-hmm. And like fresh bottles for me to pump into. Like he got a whole setup together. And I woke up at 3 a.m. and saw that and was because like I passed out without doing that. And, and I just looked at that and was just like, how can I keep doing this yeah. to somebody who is so willing yeah. to take care of me in the sweetest way? Yeah. And I chose to stay out over going to bedtime. Yeah. And that is something I truly enjoy doing. And what the, what, like, what I, am I doing? What am I doing? What yeah. am I doing was really that thought. And so I sat there with that for like an hour. And at four o'clock, I woke him up and he, like so many other times, <laughs> Looked at me like, well, do you want to talk to me right now? Yeah. Like, I've clearly right. irritated him yeah. in some manner. Yes. Right. I don't remember. Right. I don't <laughs> want to talk to you right yeah. now. And I looked and I was like, no, we need to talk now. And yeah. I have a problem. Yeah. It was the first time I had said that out loud. Wow. And I have been in recovery since. And that was March 29th, 2021. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So what's so amazing about your story is that, like, So many people believe that for an addict to get anywhere in recovery, they have to hit the lowest of lows, Mm -hmm. which like you said, like being arrested, getting like a DUI, even like killing somebody because Mm -hmm. you're driving a car while intoxicated or something like that is not, it doesn't have to be like any bottom can be a rock bottom. When I, when I first started um, in recovery and like having conversations with my sponsor and there'd be stuff I'd like written in my, my book that like, I can't even remember what it was, but I remember writing, like, I want to be, like, yeah. I want to. And she kind of was like, why did you write that? And I was like, because I don't know that I'm willing to, like, I don't know if it's gotten bad enough Yeah. for me to... To be willing to have this, to have to a willing heart, yeah. to be all in. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and then I was in a meeting one day, and a twelve step meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, and like we were, we were going over some point in the book, and it was like, you just have to want to stop digging. Like your bottom is where you stop digging, and your bottom is when you're threatened with something that you're not willing to give up, mm-hmm. and from people that are arrested that maybe their freedom 
you know? For me, it was bedtime. I was not willing to give up bedtime with my son. Wow. And that was, that was enough. That's really, that's a really beautiful. Wait, okay, can you say that one more time that they said in the meeting? That people generally get sobriety yeah. when they're threatened with something that they're not willing to give up. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so that's where that was, that was where that like aha moment of I can stop worrying right. if it hadn't got bad enough. Yeah. I'm choosing to stop digging down. Yeah. Wow. It got bad enough for me. This can be my bad enough. This can be my bad This can be where I'm choosing to yes. not do this to myself yes. or my family anymore. Yes. Yeah, and 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 in like the first two weeks of like, and it's so you know, people always talk about like the fog that happens when you're kind of yeah coming out of just being drunk all the time. Yes, and I remember like first couple of weeks being like, I could just you know if I just am sober for you know a time, it'll be fine, and I'll yeah. can go back and I'll figure this thing out. And yeah. I'm not drink mine till it's till I'm until right. it's gone. Right, and then. And then it was like this, you are so worried about what life looks like without this thing. Yeah. That like, it's hard for you to even fathom. Right. Like, you're so willing to create this narrative of, like, if you just leave it alone for long enough, like, you'll get it. Right. And I, and I looked at, I had a conversation with my husband that, like, and I apologized to him in one of the many times that I've done that in, in, this, <laughs> in this process, that, like, we had plenty of conversations of like him knowing that I was going downhill and hey let's try to moderate and when, yeah. you know and let's have the code word of when we need to leave yeah, and blah, right. blah 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 all right. things that don't work and I was just like I'm sorry that you didn't mean enough yeah. for me to change wow. but like that dude showed up and he means enough wow so I'm willing yeah like yeah. I got sober for my son. I stay sober for me and my family, but I yeah. got sober for him. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, what I think is like, I mean, there's so much heartache too that comes with both sides. Mm-hmm. Your side, your husband's side, yeah. like your son's side. I mean, he was pretty young, luckily. He's three you months know, old. That he, <laughs> that he doesn't He does not know what working this. Yes, which is amazing. So how did your husband feel? when you, like, very honestly were just like, I'm really sorry that you were not enough for me to get sober for, but I am now, you know? I, do you think he always knew that it had to be your choice eventually and that it had to be just you, you know? (laughs) Yes, because I later found out that he played a masterful game of chess. Um, because I would go to, I would lie about my whereabouts and I'd go to bars and I'd go to whatever and he would like, we have iPhones, so he knows yeah. my location. He's like, I can literally follow your location. <laughs> I was under the impression, I was delusional. Yeah. That, and he had told me, you know, I don't really freaking look like you do you. And he would always call me. Yeah. When I would get to a bar or get to someplace that I hadn't. Because like, our he rule do this? was if you change locations, if you're yeah. out, you just have to tell me. Don't care where you go. Right. So tell me. Yeah. I didn't know where to start my search party. Right. And I would get to someplace and he would always freaking call. And I'm like, okay. and, and he would let me lie to him. 
Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't say a thing about it. He'd just let it happen. He would just let it happen. Because yeah. he knew if I caught on, he knew that I would try to get better at lying. Mm. He's very smart. That, I mean, what he did it for really, years. really, that is genius. Mm-hmm. Because he knew that an addict, like, the second you try to get them to, like, uh-huh. know, catch on, like, they're going to be, they're going to get sneakier I'm just gonna, and sneakier. Yes. I'm just going to try so. to get better at lying. Did he ever think that you were just cheating on him? Yes. Okay. I found that out after in sobriety that he was like, if I didn't think anything different, like, yeah. I would have thought you were cheating on me. And that rocked me because I was having such an affair with alcohol right. that it didn't even yeah. occur the optics. Yeah. You're like, it wasn't a person. Yeah. But I was having an affair. But you were. I absolutely was yeah. having an affair. Absolutely. Just with a bottle. Yeah. Like, nobody else's priorities mattered more than mine. Wow. Um... And so I, you know, he played a masterful hand. That is incredible. A master. He let me lie to him for years. How did that affect him? I think there were plenty of times where he would just treat me like his mom, where yeah. he would just be very dismissive, very irritating, or whatever. Sure. And I didn't catch on to any of it. Right. Like I was just in my own world and just well it was delusional right like your thinking when you're in addict mode is completely delusional yeah it is not I mean we like you you think that you're functioning Mm -hmm. very well very well and for most people we would see it as you are yeah but like to the person that you love the most Mm -hmm. he's not yeah He, he sees right through it yeah yeah and you know, and I thought, you know, I thought I was hiding so well. You're like, I'm so good. I'm just so good. Never he does me. not know how much I'm drinking. I'm amazing. <laughs> okay. Not true. Not not true. One bit. No. Saw right through you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness for him. Mm-hmm. You know, in in this program, we talk about the different kinds of amends that you can make to people. Yeah. And like mine is an, a living amends to him. Like I've I've done my my. Yeah verbal, written, whatever, but like I have a living amends that I get to make to him, um, of, and one of those is I'm honest, Yeah. I'm honest about my whereabouts, I'm honest about what I'm doing, um, because you don't deserve for me to lie to you ever, Yeah. and so I, at times, I'm over like, hey, I'm here now, I'm here now, Yeah. I'm here now. And he's like, here now. great, Jordan. Can you stop calling me? Like, I'm working. That's, but that's yeah. so beautiful because it's recreating a foundation of trust that I'm sure was broken. Yeah. Even though he knew you were lying to mm-hmm. him, it breaks the foundation mm-hmm. of trust in a marriage and yeah. in any relationship. Yeah. So what's beautiful about that is that your amends hits home to what I think a lot of like, I think a lot of addicts run into this feeling of, like, well, what more is there that I should be doing for mm-hmm. my spouse? Like, what more do they want from me? Like, yeah. I'm sober, I'm doing, like, gosh, like, what else can I do for you? Yeah. But it's it's that piece of honesty. Yeah. It's that piece of vulnerability that, like, I, I didn't do this well in the past. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do that now. Yes. Because I think a lot of people get confused when you have a couple that's, like, like, for example, as therapists, when we have couples come in, if there's a history of addiction in one of the spouses or both, you can't just start with couples therapy. Because, like, okay, 
we're at ground zero. There's no trust. There's yeah. no safety. Yeah. Like you're rebuilding from ground zero. Yeah. And I think that that is where a lot of couples, a lot of addicts and a lot of partners lose hope. Yeah. Anyways, that was my soapbox. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> but I had, I had a much smaller, luckily yeah. repair when I became rigorously honest yeah. about me yeah. um, and, and that still unfolds even more to this day but like I think it was easy and, and, and he's admitted to at certain times been like oh I've looked mm-hmm. and I'm like that's yeah. fine you're entitled to right. look at my location right go for it right you know um, and so yeah I, I there's been little wins that we've had yeah. that you know were there was a night out that I went to that, or a brunch that I went to that I came home sober. Yeah. And he was like, what? This is, this is amazing. This is really yeah. cool. That yeah. like you come home and you're Seriously. not shit out. Seriously. Like you went out and you yeah. came home yeah. and you're sober. Yeah. That didn't happen. Yeah. And wow. This is new. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's just like creating a whole new life. Yeah. With each other. Mm-hmm. So, before the three years of sobriety, mm-hmm. you you didn't know your husband as a sober person. No. What is that like to be learning each other? Like our sobriety, my sobriety story, our sobriety yeah. story, like mixes so much into health. Yes. Crap. Yeah. I think we're just now getting there. Yeah. Now that we're out of the weeds for that. Yeah. Um. It was that way, you know, from like a sex perspective of yeah. like I had had sex sober. Yeah. Since I was probably like twenty. Yeah. You're like, what is? How yeah. do I even do that? How do I approach a I relationship didn't want to. sober? Like it was so yeah. weird. Yeah. I'm like with them, but like it is, you know, like how do we show up different? Like what do we do? Yeah. Like what do we do? Yeah. What how? dates look like? Yeah. Like how do you, you know? date? How do you hold hands? How do you do all the little yes. things? Well, a, a date doesn't have to consist of going to a bar yeah. or right. doing anything. Right. That was what we did. It was right. anything, anything. Anything to involve drinking. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And if it didn't, why are we doing yeah. that? Seriously. Does, Where are we going? So how did your husband feel about that? Was, is he a big drinker? Is he not? I, I, I drove that party. Yeah. Like, as Because it was the same way like when I got pregnant that like, he would get like a bottle of wine, a nice yeah. bottle of wine on Fridays. Right. And like it took him all weekend to drink it. And I'm like, I could finish that right now. Right. That's yeah. two cities. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he mean. He didn't even finish it on Sunday. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Totally. Um, but it's even that mindset of like, what's wrong with you? It just shows too that you're in a place where it's, it doesn't make sense. Like, no. but you think it does. Yeah. Just and the people you probably surrounded yourself. People by. that leave drinks on the table and yeah. don't finish them. Like you paid that. What are you doing? That's alcohol abuse. Yes. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Drink that. Right. Yeah. And if you don't, yeah. I will. Right. Yeah. And would. And I would. I actually will. You leave so I can. Yes. 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 Well, and it just shows too that you will go to any lengths when you are in addiction. Yeah. Any lengths to prove that you make sense. Yeah. That it's not crazy mm-hmm. and that it totally makes sense. Yeah. And that it's a good idea. <laughs> I have a question for you yes. about like on this road that we're on right now with how do you feel that addiction with alcohol affected you emotionally, cognitively, mentally, physically? Like yeah. you know, all of that. In this study they found that 
They did a whole brain analysis that revealed a significant relationship between the amygdala connectivity and alcohol use. Um, and they call it alcohol use disorder, but mm-hmm. addiction. Um, and basically there was a positive correlation between the amygdala right temporal fusiform and the connectivity to the addiction. And so what that basically meant was that they found that the amygdala connection was oftentimes, which is where we feel like all of our emotions and all of our processing and things like that, was just extremely cut off. No, like there was no connection happening of like, of being able to process your emotions, being able to regulate, being able to, you know, all those things. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't do that. You drank out a problem. You don't have to feel it. I mean, and a few things that you can feel, you know, the are aren't at the actual problem. It's oh, now you're in a shame spiral because you said that you weren't going to drink today, and yes. somehow you're drunk again. Right. Um, or you wake up and you're depressive hangovers. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you're not actually feeling the things that you drank at or right. over or whatever. Um, so emotionally, it affected you by not yeah. dealing. You, yeah, I had a lifetime of not having to do that. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Um, that, that's been hard yeah. to learn how to sit with strong feelings. And then to not run to something yeah. else. Yeah. yeah, and just I have to sit with that. Yeah. And like, what do I do with my hands? Yeah. I don't know what to do, and yeah. it sucked. Like yeah. you, and you know, I got sober at twenty eight, twenty nine, twenty. But um, yeah. that a lot, a lot of years of of relearning. Yeah, I mean, I think that most addicts often that it starts very young mm-hmm. for most addictions. So it makes sense that you've got like twenty. Sometimes people are fifty. Sometimes yeah. they're. 40 and yeah. so they've got like x amount of years yeah to learn skills that they've yeah. never honed in on yeah um and so like things felt huge yeah um i or i just you know in different ways like tv shows like random tv shows that like i could normally watch made me ball yeah and you're like, like, why am I crying? Yeah. Why am I so emotional? Yes. This is And this was stupid. when you got sober. Mm-hmm. You got sober and now you're like, the floodgates are yes. open. Yes. What the hell is happening? Yes. And it was like, I don't know what to do with yeah. this. Yeah. And like, my sponsor had to be like, you haven't felt in a decade. Right. Feeling. So you're feeling. Of course, things. this is going to be really hard, yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then there are also people. <laughs> She just celebrated her seven years, Yay. so go her. Um, we love sponsors. But we, yeah, if we do. Um, but even that, like, it's crazy to think of having, like, memory loss in yes. your 20s. Yes. That, like, we've talked about things that we've done, watched, whatever, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, I literally didn't experience that because yes. it was not there. Yep. Like, yeah. we were talking about a house that we went to go see that, like, that my dad owned. And he was like, you, what? Yeah. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, I'm sorry. We just don't have any We watched a movie. Yeah. That they did, like, a director's cut for. Wow. And I'm like, I remember bits of yeah. this. Yeah. Or, like, we watched something and I'm like, yeah. did we watch it? Mm, it's been, if it's been yeah. in the last five years. I won't remember. 
I have a hard time remembering yeah. what we've done. Like, yeah. because, like, movies especially. Because yeah. anytime we went to the movies, because shout out movie theaters <laughs> with the recliners and the beverages. <laughs> But also, I would bring my own right, right. hydro flask to be great for me. <laughs> filled, yeah, with, filled with whatever I want. Seriously. And then let's bring a second one for Mecca. Because right. <laughs> there's no way that you can yeah. ever not have alcohol. Yeah. Um, You're like, I can't do that. Sit through a two-hour movie? Let's drink. Yes. Yeah. On the way there and on the way there. Yes. yes. Um, roadies were always a thing. Yes. The yes. first person to tell you not to do it. Yeah. Hypocritical. <laughs> I get so mad at you for doing yes. it, but also I have a roadie in the car and then I'm going to go now. Right. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah, really. Yeah. We love our yes. hypocritical addicts. Yes. <laughs> but it's the nature of it. It's the nature of the delusional thinking. No one else can do that because that is irresponsible, but yes. I am very responsible and I know how to do this better than all of you. Ah, you it's understand. Like, yeah. Well. But, um, yeah, like it, we, we've talked about it a bunch of times of like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't remember this. How is that grieving process like to be to come to acceptance of moments and memories lost? Luckily, it was before my son, so I feel a lot better about yeah, it. Yeah, I was gonna ask if that helped. Um, but I'm like, there are I'm sure so many beautiful memories with my husband that right. I have. Yeah. I wasn't a part of. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, I, I I think, I don't know that grieving is something that I would call it. Yeah. Um, because I don't think that's what I feel. But acceptance. That I think, like, just in general with it, like, yeah. I lost the urge early on to be like, why me? Why this? Ah. Yeah. It is what it is. Right. I can't change it. Yeah. I can't, I, unless somebody has a time machine that I don't know about. Um, but I don't know that I'd want one. Yeah. Like, I do believe that, like, I am grateful. I'm grateful for hopefully getting the sobriety thing a whole hell of a lot earlier yeah. than a lot of people do. I think you have. Yeah. Um, statistically. Yes. I will not no. keep it, but yeah. I sure as hell hope so. Yeah. I can focus on today. Yes. Um, it's like one day at a time, mm-hmm. one moment at a time. Yep. Yeah. You know, one one day at a time. Somehow I've strung together almost three years. That's Ooh, amazing. Hell, would have thought that. But right. You're like, I, younger Jordan would have been like, no, no that's not happening. Why would you do that? No. Why? Yeah. Because yeah. also Jordan didn't have a problem, but also Jordan yeah. didn't she had a problem. But that's yeah. just one. Totally. But yeah, like it, it was easy for me to just go, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, And I think that's made it a whole lot easier to not have the what ifs, you know, the, the, the whys, the, you know, yeah, there were, there were brief moments of like guilt and shame, not brief moments, there's plenty of shame, but like that is definitely dissipated over the years. Um, and acceptance is key. Yeah. I think that, um, a big question that I have for you that you were touching on with shame is what was the driving force with the shame with coming to acceptance like how how do you get there like what would you tell somebody that's like okay I probably have a problem I need help but I don't know where to start I didn't know either I didn't have a concept of a any kind of like yeah 12 step program like the my my biggest 
you know, concept of one would have been what you saw on television. Right. Hi. People are sitting in a room. Yeah. Like, and, and, yeah. And that's not it. No. <laughs> you know, a 12-step meeting is, is filled with hope and gratitude and yeah. far less about any kind of addiction rather than how do you deal with life? Yeah. Because for a lot of people, that's what you're using at is... Right. This life thing is hard, mm-hmm. and somewhere along the line, you got the idea that using some kind of substance that altered the way you felt yeah. made it better. Yeah, I sure as heck thought so. Yeah, but I had no, I had like like I say you know March twenty ninth is my sobriety date. But I didn't go to my first meeting until two days later. Wow, yeah. Because I, I told my husband, I said, and then I was like, I, we, we didn't talk about it after that middle of the night conversation for a day and a half. Yeah. And we were sitting there playing with our son one day. He's like, I, I, I hope you don't think I'm like avoiding this conversation. I just don't know what you need. And I was like, I don't either. Yeah. Which is why I haven't brought yeah. it back up because yeah. I'm just like I don't know what to do with like, it. I don't even know where to go. From exactly. Here. Like I admitted that I need help, and now I just feel right. Stuck. I just don't. I don't know what. Yeah. And for some reason, that's when like going online and going to a website that gave you a questionnaire of like, hey, answer these twelve questions. Right. You answer yes out of three of these. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you have a problem with alcohol. Oh, right. Yes. And I did 10 out of 12. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh. oh, dang it. I was really over here. I passed that <laughs> I sure as hell did. 10 out of 12, what do you mean? I know, seriously. You're like, that's only like 80%. You're like, that's 3 out of 12? Yeah, that's failing. You're like, come on. I got an 80%. I win. I am amazing. I am amazing. Maybe so funny. see about a meeting. Yeah. And so then I went to my first meeting. Did you just look it up online? Like, yeah. oh, it's anonymous? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You know, they, they yeah. kind of, there's, there's lots of uh, yeah. resources for that. Yeah. You know, a meeting guide that you mm-hmm. can find one anywhere, anytime. That's really awesome. And now, post-COVID, you can find one Seriously. online anytime, too. It's incredible. Yeah, um, they're super accessible now, very actually, accessible. which is very impressive. Um. And so, yeah, I, I was like, oh, I'm going to try to go to this thing and see what I'm going to do. And, you know, picked up my first desire chip and hung on That's to that amazing. thing like it, it was a lifeline. Yeah. Went everywhere with me. That's amazing. My pocket every moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then every month I would switch it out and now That's that amazing. hung out with me and just went that night that you hit your rock bottom, that was your last time. Mm-hmm. And you were able to f- keep and maintain your sobriety thus far. And obviously you're working a very hard recovery. I don't know, but I think we should talk about like what recovery looks like for you. Yeah. Because I don't think a lot of people understand yeah. what it means to be in recovery. So for me, recovery, I will say I am somebody who works recovery a whole lot more outside of meetings than yeah than a lot of other people do. The way life is set up. Yeah. Um, for me the and I know we just talked about how accessible meetings are. <laughs> but like 
meetings are at like 6 p.m. And right. that's prime toddler, right. nighttime, dinner time, getting to bath time, you know? Yeah. That don't work for me. Yeah. 8 p.m. Well, I work overnight. And right. so that's nap time before right. work, you know? There's ones at like noon and I work overnight, so I'm sleeping. Like, this that's is not working the for night. me. <laughs> Um, and so like, I have a hard time, like, but besides that, those are all excuses. But even before that, like I, the way life was set up that like, I have been like a three time a week kind of person yeah. for a minute. Yeah. And now I'm like, can I make it to one? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. And some weeks I fail at that. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. I, I went through a long period of like beating myself up over that. You know, because you'll you'll have the slogans in the meetings that are like meeting makers make it. Yeah, and right. That's not right. my experience. You're like, oh, I didn't make it. So yeah. does that mean I can't keep it? Yeah. Like, but yeah. like I, you know, I sit and I will pray and meditate. Yeah. Um, on my ride home from work on the end of my day, and you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm mindful. I'm mindful. Yeah. Like I had enough sobriety and I was given enough tools and I worked a hard enough like beginning I guess you can say to have a network and to really give in to like I can't do this by myself I tried yeah and I failed and I failed yeah and there's a reason why I was in these rooms is because I could do it on my own if, if I haven't given myself enough time of yes you know yes like totally. clearly I don't work but I can sit in a room with a bunch of people who have years and decades of sobriety yeah and I just have to follow instructions yeah they talk about it being a simple program yeah not easy but simple, simple. yeah simple doesn't have a lot of requirements it does yeah. not it's yeah. simple yeah I love we complicate it yeah we make it harder yes Again, not an easy program, but a very yes. dumb, simple <laughs> yeah, program that if you follow instructions and you are rigorously honest mm-hmm. from the very start, yeah. that you too can have it. And yeah. that's kind of what I held on to. Like my husband is, he is a type of person of somebody's done it before me, yeah. so I can fucking do it. Yeah, And I can sit in a room and look at a bunch of people who have yeah. been sober and stayed sober then I can fucking do it. Yeah, you can. And that's kind of how I've operated. So sobriety for me does not look like I have to make it to a meeting every day. I have right. to stay connected. I have to call my sponsor yeah. every day. That's not me. Yeah. Now I got a phone with my sponsor last night. I haven't talked to her in a couple months. Yeah. But like I'm not actively working steps at the moment. Right. Um, I am not sponsoring at the moment. Right. So like I don't have anyone to kind of, that I have to keep in contact with. Yeah. But, like, I know better. I know when I have feelings of, like, I'm feeling restless and discontented, yes. then I can go to a meeting or I can pick up the phone yeah. and I can reach out to another alcoholic and I can do... Like, I know better yeah. than that. Yeah. And I know when thinking can become problematic mm-hmm. and I know when to pick up the phone. Yeah. Well, and I think it takes time, I'm sure. Like, did it take time to rebuild that with yourself to be, like... Okay, now I can start to trust myself again. I can start to like yeah. recognize my patterns, recognize like when I need to reach out, when do I need help, when yeah. you know. Yeah, I had to be beaten to submission though. Yeah. 
But like again, a horse. <laughs> yeah. Jordan's a horse. I think he's broken. <laughs> well, and I think it also, because it, it ties into, again, like a lot of the medical stuff that like my family was having to deal with. Yeah. Um, that I, I did try to do it all. Yeah. Alone for a minute. Yeah. And then it became too much. And I had to, and I think that's when surrender really happened, had, had to happen yeah. for me of, I can't fucking do it by myself. Yeah. It ain't gonna work. Yeah. I can't fix everything. Yeah. I sure as hell can't fix me. Yeah. Cause I sure as shit tried. <laughs> it was not working. It was not working. Yeah. And so I think that's when I had to just like surrender. Yeah. yeah. I give it up. Yeah. It, it's yours. Yep. Yeah. I can't run I can't run the show. And when I try, yeah. It, it does doesn't not work. go well. Yeah. Now that that is your current state of recovery, what was it like to overcome the shame and maybe guilt or whatever else you were yeah. feeling when you first started? You're maybe working in, I mean, you talked about how you worked through yeah. steps and stuff and like went to 12 steps. Did you go to therapy? Yeah. And I didn't start therapy for a while. Like I didn't start therapy until this year. Okay. Um, you know, we can go back to basking in onions. It it, it, it was it was layers. Like yeah. it was a slow shedding yes. process. Yes. Of uh, but I think it's also one of those kinds of things where you just kind of wake up and go, oh, I don't feel that anymore. Yeah. Somewhere along the road, I've let that go. Yeah, I let it go. That oh, I don't think about that anymore. Oh, that doesn't. Or I can hold. I can have the same conversation with yeah. you that would normally have brought me to tears. Yeah. And I would have been really upset about. No, I'm okay. And I'm okay. Yeah. And oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's. That's it, amazing. It's just slow. And slow it takes problem. time. It does. So what would you, I guess, say to somebody who is just starting? Or maybe they don't think they have a problem, but or whatever. Or maybe it's a completely different addiction. But yeah. like, what is your advice to them with seeking out help? I think it's a tough one because yeah. no other person is going to convince somebody. Yeah. That they need help. Yeah. I think everybody has to have whatever version of what they call a spiritual experience. Yes. Yeah. You know, their awakening moment of like, oh shit. Yeah. Everyone has to have their oh shit moment yes. of I don't have this. And I need to reach out. Because, you know, every person who has been connected with somebody who's an addict tried. Yes. Yeah. And failed. Yes. More than likely. Miserably. <laughs> of getting their person's yes. help. Or yeah. getting their person to see the light. Yes. Right. The, the desperation they, of yeah. like if you could just see which well, I'm sure yeah. your spouse felt. Just yeah. like Come yeah. on. If you How do you not see, see what a problem yes. you're having? Yes. How do you not see that you're drunk? And I realized I don't know when I'm drunk. Like, yeah. I did not have an understanding of drunk. Yeah. Um, and I think I, because I had a an inner voice for years yeah. that I had a problem. I, I didn't know I was an alcoholic. Those were separate things because alcoholics were homeless and lived under a bridge right. or something. I think that's where that first conversation of, like, Everyone's bottom looks different. Yeah. Everyone's low point looks different. Yeah. And so, you know, you yeah. like the way you wake up every morning? And I've had those conversations with people. Yeah. Like, okay, you're you're functioning, you're this and that, but like, how do you feel the next morning? Well, the hangover is not what I'm asking you. How do you yeah. feel? Because if you have that the next morning, yeah, maybe. Let's look into that maybe a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I'll extend a meeting to somebody and be like, hey, do you want to 
yeah. can come. And that's, that's scary to a lot of people, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. But we talk about a program of attraction mm-hmm. rather than promotion. Yes. If you like the way my life looks like now, or yeah. I'm a whole lot happier now, yeah. and that's something you might want, come on. Do you have friends and people and family members that have noticed your change and they're like, oh my gosh, you're completely different? Yeah, yeah, because I think I, I'm a whole lot calmer, if, <laughs> if you can imagine. You're calmer. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I believe that. Um, but, you know, I've had to do a lot of repair from yeah. other family members for, for yeah. the filter not being there yes. and me needing to let you know my feelings yes. at all times. Um, but yeah, I just, it's, it's a, do you want to feel like that when you wake up? Yeah. Do you want to feel, do you want to feel this way? Yeah. No? Yeah? Yeah. It's just information. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to, not going pers- to do anything. I'm not going to persuade you one yeah. way or another. Yeah. But like, check in with yourself. Yeah. If, is this something you want? Yeah. No? Huh. And if it's an actual no. Yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. If this is just a, mm, maybe, what? Yeah. When it gets to an actual I mean, yeah, I think that's really inviting and it takes a lot of the shame away and judgment yeah. like you're talking about. So it makes sense that, I mean, obviously you have to be cautious, like with the ways that you talk about it, because it's tricky. It's somebody's whole life. Yeah. It's the Very entire, daring. yeah, it's everything about them. Yep. How do you feel that it's important or is it important at all to share your story? Like, is it important to be here, to be talking about this? Is it important to talk to others and why? I think it's the same kind of thing of like being in meetings yeah. of like people with 30, 40 years of sobriety, they'll, they'll talk about, I don't come to meetings because I'm worried about drinking, but I do come to meetings for the newcomer. Yeah. Or I come to meetings to hear the story of a newcomer. Yeah. To remember what it was like. Yeah. And not wanting to be there again. And I think it goes both ways of like, I don't have 10 years of sobriety right. for somebody to try to be like, Oh my god, I wish. And I, I sat there and I'm like, I want to have 10 years of sobriety. Right. I've been at this 10 days. I yeah. can't wait to be there. Well, yeah. Yeah. That ain't gonna happen yeah. today. It's gonna take time. Um, but like, a year, two years, three years is a lot more attainable yes. of a could I? Yeah. Right. Would I? I mean, in new sobriety, it's still unfathomable. Yes. But yeah. like, I'm a lot closer to what that feeling was like. Yeah. Um, but I think, unless you are intimately connected with somebody who is an addict and have really tried to understand their mindset, or you're an addict, you don't get that mindset. Yeah. And so, either sharing a story, because you know, so many people are just like, this is a lack of self-control, this is a whatever, and... Yeah, tell me more about your stance on that. Let's head down that rabbit hole. <laughs> How much time do we have? You know, I in think our next episode. Right. <laughs> you know, I think unless you're willing to like you know, as somebody who's an addict who for me it was I wanna drink, I wanna drink, I wanna drink, I wanna yeah. drink, when's the next drink coming, when's the next drink coming, I wanna yeah. drink, can we go here, when are we gonna go here? Oh, how can oh, I yes. schedule my day so that I can go over here so I can get this drink before I have to go do this? Or yes. what can I do? How can I get done with that faster so that I can go to a drink yes. there? Like when can I start drinking? Yeah. How can I schedule my day for this? And then what can I do with that? How can I not have too much drink so that I can go do this? But then I also wanna drink, what can I drink? Where should I buy it? Yes. How much should I spend? Yeah. And that's in the background all day, yeah. every day. Yeah. From the moment you wake up, until you start drinking and you quiet it. Mm. 
it is constant yeah inactive addiction yeah and especially early recovery yeah and that's where i have talked about like in recovery of like it got a lot quieter up here yeah because i don't have that I don't have the constant when, 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 so when, there's I want to, want to, yeah. There's hope. Yeah. And I think unless somebody has had that voice in their head for whatever it is, you don't understand addiction. Yeah. Or choice of. Yeah. Like when people say, just stop. You're just choosing to do this. Yeah. You're choosing, like, just don't do it anymore. Yeah. I am, what I, what I chose was to stop the argument that was going on in my right. head. Yeah. It was a losing battle that I was, yeah. I wasn't going to win today. Yeah. And I wanted that thing to shut up. Yeah. And so I made it shut up. Yeah. And then I got quiet. Yes. And if you've had the opportunity to have it just be quiet, mm-hmm. you know what serenity that is. Yeah. And so you chase it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you had to learn what that serenity was in order to gain like sobriety. I've had to learn what that serenity is without without alcohol. without alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz yeah. I sorry, I realized I didn't that. <laughs> um I yeah. Going somewhere else. Yeah, but I think that that is even one of those yeah. conversations of like oh, it's stopped. Yeah. Oh, it's quiet. Yeah. Oh, I can notice things. Do you know how beautiful sunrise and sunset is? <laughs> Seriously. You're like, "Wow, I've never gotten to I have a text to thread it. with some 80-year-old man from my meetings and we just send each other sunrise pictures. I love that. That's amazing. That's all we do. Yeah. And we just talk about what beautiful paintings are happening in the sky today. That's amazing. Because we can pay attention. You're like, I'm finally cognitively and mentally aware to be present. Yeah. And you were talking about how you you have to schedule, when you can't make meetings, you have to schedule out meditation and breathing Mm -hmm. and like mindfulness. Yeah. That is so much of the battle when you're being inside your mind mm-hmm. was the dangerous place to yeah. be when you were drinking. Yeah. Being quiet with yourself, like, was the monster you were yeah. trying to defeat yeah. with alcohol. Yeah. And so now that you're in a place where it's like, no, I need to make time to be quiet. I yeah. need to make time to be alone with myself. Yeah. It shows, like, a tremendous amount of growth mm-hmm. that oh, I like being present. Mm-hmm. I like that I'm aware and like constantly understanding my surroundings yeah. and learning and sitting with myself and it's just a, it's a really beautiful thing mm-hmm. like it's a beautiful thing to hear you share <laughs> yeah I know like it's I I don't know it's just very it's very hopeful yeah and I think it's hopeful to a lot of people that maybe have lived their whole lives thinking that that just doesn't go away yeah it does so it's really nice yeah it's really nice up here it's an, I like myself like like it's it's like a whole mind shift to be like wait I can sit with myself mm-hmm. and that's actually kind of that's okay yeah 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 we've my husband and I have talked about like the deeply disturbed and depressed person that we lived with yeah like it was nice. it was very, it was it was like a we made that person apart. Yeah. We separated. We separated her. Yes. And we will talk about the person we used to live with. Yeah. Her and. That's not Jordan. She was That's like, just her. Yeah. Like yeah. what that person was like. Drunk Jordan. Yeah. Drunk, Drunk Jordan. Jordan. What she yeah. was like and how much she sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. we'll talk about her. Yeah. Um, 
he was drinking one night. We were at a wedding, and he wanted to have a heart to heart. And he, granted, he remembered it the next day. I'm like, I would. Yeah. Yes. Um, he was like, thanks for indulging in my <laughs> to conversation. You're like, of course. I'm like, you you're like, I'm finally here. To you do had that. to put up with a whole yeah. lot of yeah. them. So yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we we had a lot of conversation around her, and I think it felt very very cathartic for him. Yeah. Um, but I am curious if you or your spouse fear relapse. You know, I, I read that question, and I meant to ask him <laughs> that something, and I'll probably still do that. Um, but he'd probably say no. He'd yeah. be like, no, you you fucking got this. Yeah. I am pragmatic. Yeah. I will go and say statistically, I will fail. I can only focus on today. Yeah. Because... I can look at people who have focused on today and have thrown together decades. Yeah. I can't look at decades. No. Because statistically I will fail. Yeah. Statistically I will not be sober for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and that has to be okay. Like the, you know, right now they call it the one ship wonders because I haven't had a relapse since yeah. I've been sober. Yeah. No. Is that always everybody's journey? It's no. mostly no one's yeah. journey. Yeah, you know exactly. Most of the time, it takes people yeah. some time to get this. Yeah, or people will have years of sobriety and and whatever, yeah. you know. And I think, um, not having to put as much weight on a relapse. Yeah, so much as or just oh, I have to yeah. stay sober. I have to stay sober. And like, yeah. the nature of an addict is that addiction will yeah. win. Yeah. Now, what am I going to do after? Yeah. If that does happen. Yeah. That is what matters. So tell yeah. me about that. You know, we've had conversations. I think the word, like, we've had conversations that I it would probably be better for me to cheat on my husband rather than yeah. to relapse. Yeah. Because to him, it's still it's a form. Yeah. It is. It is, it is cheating. Like, yeah. we've talked about it. Like, is it, it is a betrayal. Mm-hmm. It is, absolutely. It is. N- no questions at all. Yes. Yeah. And so, if. Um, it, it, I think it would be. <laughs> I don't know, it would be an easier comeback. <laughs> um, but, like, how would. When we talked. And we mainly talked about it in the initial sobriety. Yeah. Like, what do we do? What do we do if this doesn't work? How do we make yeah. the pieces? Yeah. Um, and I think for me, like, I've had to really, I think I, initially I looked at him like, oh, I'm going to need your help to pick up the pieces. Mm, and yeah. he was like, so you mean to tell me you can betray me uh, and then look to me yeah. and say, help fix it. pick this up. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I would have to lean on other people in the program yeah. to pick yeah. up those pieces because... How selfish of me yeah. to go, I just hurt you. Yeah. Now help me. And also, I think that you hon- like you honed in on a very key aspect of recovery. I can't look at decades. I have to look at today. Yeah. Because the more that your mindset is the future, mm-hmm. first of all, you're not present. Mm-hmm. That's not being present at all. Mm-hmm. That's completely the opposite of present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so <laughs> the more that you're focusing on today, the more attainable a goal is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then the other aspect is, like, I can't fear a relapse because that means that I don't trust the lifestyle in Korea. Yeah. Because if your lifestyle is recovery, you can totally do this. 
this. Mm -hmm. Like no matter how many times you fall. Yeah. Because addicts do. Yeah. And even if you never do, like necessarily pick up a drink ever again, the reality is is that there are other aspects in our lives that we will fail. Yeah. <laughs> that could definitely shake us. Yeah. Whereas if it's like, okay, well, I, I can fail, but I always have a lifestyle of maintenance to go back to. Yeah. Which is the meetings, the connections, the people, the sponsors, the mm -hmm. stories, the help, the like support, mm -hmm. therapy, like all of the qualified help that you can get. And then knowing that you've done it and that you yeah. can do it and that yeah. you love who you are mm -hmm. and who you are becoming mm -hmm. is, like, that's a huge piece of it, I mm -hmm. feel. I think that it's a big misconception about yeah. addiction, which is a part that I, I think that we did touch on, even though we didn't like distinctively talk about it it is just a misconception that that addiction and recovery is just like you're gonna go to your meeting and you're gonna get that chip and you're done you're good yeah. you're yeah. gonna be sober forever you're not gonna graduate you're gonna be great I'm not gonna graduate from yeah. this. like I'm you, not done. you will always yeah. have to like work yeah. on this yeah. so I guess like my question to you is what is your opinion when people feel like they're like okay, well, I need to go to recovery so I don't have to identify as an addict anymore. So I'm not that anymore. What are you running from? Yeah. I, I think that's, to me, that part of, like, acceptance of, yeah. like, I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. I may not be actively drinking. Yeah. But my, even when I was sober while I was pregnant, I still had a very alcoholic mindset yeah. like it is a different way of thinking yeah and I thought like that and yeah yeah where did it take me yeah, yeah like I I don't I don't have a problem with identifying that now if somebody doesn't want to sure right you know yeah. I guess are you happy joyous and free and are you living the lifestyle that you want to if yeah. not then maybe further discovery yeah. needs to be done yeah thank you for being willing to share your story absolutely I, I think that it can be really hard and thank you for being honest absolutely and yeah I just I'm floored by you everything you said in this I was just like wow <laughs> is everybody listening to that yes. rewind listen to that again replay listen, it listen listen again again <laughs> so thank you You're I appreciate welcome. it thanks for having me you're so welcome